You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit lakings.com slash podcast. He's the best player in the game. He's earned that mantle. His work ethic is as good or better than anybody in hockey. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. Connor sees him in his vision, and that's what makes the game wonderful, is that you want to be as good as the best player. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Presented by Manscaped, an official partner of the LA Kings. You can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code KINGSMEN at manscaped.com. That's manscaped.com and use the code KINGSMEN. Now, I'm not sure how many of you were watching The Last Dance, but I devoured every minute of it. I wanted to know what someone with no first-hand memories of the 1990s thought of the 10-part ESPN series, as well as some of the proposals being floated around regarding the potential restart of the NHL season. So... I turn to Jack Jablonski for his input. Joining me now, Jack Jablonski. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm doing well. Uh, it's kind of Groundhog's Day over and over, so... It is. <laughs> yeah. <as always. laughs> it is. Now, we've had you on with Ryan doing some uh, trade and jab segments, but I wanted to talk to you. You know, I sort of always uh, gripe and groan about how much younger than me you are, but I thought this is one of those rare <laughs> situations where it's actually perfect. Um, because the last dance wrapped up and we're not going to spend too much time talking about basketball, but I do think it's fascinating. Uh, all of this stuff that for me is like, oh yeah, sure. 1997. I was, what was I? I guess I was 19. You're just reminiscing. Yeah. I was like 19 years old. So in my, and you'll realize this, and I'm going to sound like your dad when you're my age, you'll realize that all, <laughs> all the stuff that happens from the time you're like 15 to 22, it just feels like. It almost feels like it's still happening, just like yeah. over and over. It just, just feels like, oh, yeah, Kurt Cobain, he's still doing his thing. It's, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, so was there anything that you were surprised by or didn't know or were sort of shocked by? the the And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, it's the 10-part Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls documentary, The Last Dance on ESPN. Well, there's a few things that stuck out because, you know, I, I am a basketball fan and, you know, I love sports and it, all, all of them except for soccer because, um, <laughs> you know, sure. And, uh, it, you know, I was I was born in 1995. So, right. you know, I d- didn't live through this. Obviously, I have no recollection of this. Right. I don't remember Jordan playing other than, you know, vaguely remembering him in a wizard's uniform. <laughs> Uh, in terms of seeing live or right. whatever it may be. So that was kind of the big thing that I think for us is we kind of got to finally see in person the firsthand uh, personality, but also just the basketball skill and everything that he went through. For me, I think what you realize in you know the 10-part documentary was the amount of drama that they had to deal with. And whether it be through Dennis Rodman or the Jerry Krause, uh, you know, catastrophe i guess you could say uh obviously his father passing and getting murdered uh, there was a lot of things that you know came up that um not to say that they don't happen nowadays but you know a lot of things that were just distractions that michael was able to prevail through one of the things that i found that struck me i don't know maybe through like the fifth or sixth uh, episode i don't remember which one it was but the detroit red wings were having their I think they won 62 games in 96 or maybe it was 97, but it was like the, it was either the year of or the year after the Bulls 
won 72 games. And so even though it was totally different sport and a totally different sort of team, you, and it certainly didn't get anywhere near the same media attention, obviously. <laughs> but you had this Detroit Red Wing team, you know, that was winning back-to-back finals. And, you know, you had the the Konstantinov and Fatisov accident. And you had two sweeps in the final, you know, and, and this team, you know, was supposed to be good for, you know, for five or six seasons. They finally break through. So it was like this sort of these mirror stories happening at the same time. And, of course, they don't reference it at all in the documentary. But... Um, obviously the question everybody's asking is if there was a hockey player or a hockey team that you would want to see a documentary like this done on, I mean, obviously the story would never be anywhere near the same because you just don't have that. It's the sport doesn't lend itself to a player like Michael Jordan. And certainly there's never been a hockey player who quit for two years after winning the Stanley cup three years in a row and then came back and won it three times in a row after that. So, but, but anyway, is there a team from, any era that you'd be curious to see that kind of a deep dive on? That's a great question. Um, off the top of my head, you look at uh, the Lemieux situation in Pittsburgh. That one f- comes to my mind first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything that he went through. Uh, on top of that, you know, I, I think it would be amazing just to get inside Gretzky's mind and what he went through, whether it be in New York or uh, Edmonton, even L.A., um, but obviously with the Cups that he won – uh, would be interesting. And on top of that, I, I feel like, you know, you look at some of the years in Boston, whether it be with Bobby Orr um, or some of the other guys that have come up through their system. I think those are the first three that come to my mind. Yeah, the Lemieux. I mean, obviously, the first one that left to my mind was was the Oilers, right? Just because, Yep. you know, they're, they come right on the heels of the Islanders and then they, you know, they yeah. win. But if they didn't win four in a row, but they won like two, took a year off, then they won two, took a year off, then they trade Gretzky, and then they win another one. Um, <laughs> that would have been interesting. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, but because Gretzky's career was sort of the opposite of Michael Jordan's. Very much so. Right, where he just has all that success early, and then, you know, he has sort of, after 93, he sort of has six or seven years of just missing the playoffs with the Kings and then six months or not even six months, whatever it was, three months there with the blues, then New York doesn't really, you know. Yeah. And and he also, you know, he bounced around. It wasn't, you know, Jordan obviously was in one place for, you know, 85, 95% of his career. And, you know, Gretzky bounced around to a half a dozen teams. So it's completely different stories, even though you have two, you know, I wouldn't say undisputed goats because right. of all the random conversations here and there with uh, you know your other arguments. But at the same time, uh, you know Gretzky's career was a lot different. That's a great point that you bring up. So then this brings me to a modern question. I was listening to Bill Simmons, and uh, he had Chuck Klosterman on. And Chuck Klosterman is one of my favorite guests because he always asks that what I think are the most interesting questions. And his question was, uh, if you're comparing LeBron James and Michael Jordan, is LeBron James, and this is a really like fine distinction between these two phrases, but he said, is, okay. Le- is LeBron James, and I may have this backwards, which is LeBron James the best at playing basketball, but Michael Jordan was the best basketball player? Or maybe I have that backwards. LeBron James is no, the best I think basketball that right. So then my question then is, 
when it comes oh, to yeah, could go, I feel like it could go either way. Yeah, I think I think it was, either statement would be correct. <laughs> yeah, I think the question or I think the way he phrased it was LeBron James is the best basketball player, meaning he possesses all of he is better at every single yeah. component skill. But that Michael Jordan was better at playing basketball. Yeah, I mean that's a it's a great you know topic I guess that you bring up because uh, throughout the episode and I don't remember which one it was I think it was you know around five or six where some of the people that played with him kind of started to break it down and it was you know he'll do whatever he needs to do to win yeah and that isn't just you know go harder go 110 percent you know yada 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 it's he'll figure out what he needs to do in that game to get them to be better than the other team whether it means he throws up 50 and plays all 48 minutes or he goes out and puts up a triple double because you know they don't know what's coming when it's either going to be a shot or a pass or drive the lane and kick it so um it's it's a that's a really interesting way that uh they put that on the podcast and um it's interesting because you almost try to think of a comparison in hockey and i'm not sure there is one so the reason i was so fond of it was because i think there is one and okay and he said it the way that I have been trying to say this for two or three seasons now. And I think it was, I think BJ Armstrong said it in like, like, I don't remember which episode, but he said, Michael Jordan wasn't playing basketball anymore. He was winning the game. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But so what I started thinking about was Connor McDavid versus Sidney Crosby. Yeah. I mean, those are the first two that come to your mind for sure. Yeah. And the thing that I've been saying about McDavid versus Crosby for the last couple of seasons is yes, Connor McDavid is faster and has a better right like Connor mcdavid is physically more gifted yes he's faster he's got better hands yeah he's got a harder shot etc etc but yeah and i know where you're getting with is Sidney crosby will figure out how to win the game Sidney crosby does stuff that i've never even thought of yeah and and i mean there are there are moments on moments that you can go to, but the yeah. first thing that when we brought this topic up and Sidney Crosby came out of your mouth was his ability to cause a turnover in the 2010 Olympics and the gold medal game and then see Iginla get yeah. it to him, call it, get the puck, and without looking at the net, shoot it and beat Ryan Miller Fievel. Yeah. As an American, it haunts me every night until <laughs> this day. And uh, But it's the first thing where you're like, okay, this man – is on another level. It's a lot like when, you know, you hear Gretzky say, and one of the reasons why he was so successful is he studied the game and he could close his eyes and know where every single player was on the ice, whether it was his team or the opponents. Yeah. And somebody was taught. I've, I've been listening to way too many podcasts recently, but somebody was talking about what else you got to do. Yeah. Uh, somebody was talking about how, you know, in Gretzky's era, he'd, he'd walk over the line, he'd take a slap shot, he'd beat the goalie. And they were saying, if you just took that play and transported it into 2020, you wouldn't be talking about what a great goal by Gretzky. All season long, you'd be talking about what a weak goal that goal, that a goalie allowed. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so they're saying, like, you see all these highlights, even the famous one where Iserman strips Gretzky in the playoffs in 96 when Gretzky's on the Blues and he beats whoever the goalie was, I don't even remember. Um, but he beats him <laughs> wide and you go like, oh, this is a great play by Iserman, but I'm not sure that's a great goal. Um, well, I, it's a it's a completely different sport. And, yeah. you know, that's the thing is whenever you want to talk about goat versus goat and, you know, LeBron versus MJ, 
it's two different games right now. And, you know, I think the conversation of who's better is always going to be a narrative in the media because that's how people get paid. And that's, that's what where we people, do. <laughs> yeah, that's our jobs. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it's not that Gretzky's, you know, traditional move of get, cutting across the blue line and, you know, beating the goalie. Obviously, we don't think that would work, you know, to the extent that it did. <laughs> But given the talent and the the brain that Gretzky had when it came to hockey IQ, you know he would find another way to be just as good in the game. There's a there's a highlight we just added to all the Kingsmen Live last week, and it was Gary Shuchuk scoring a double overtime goal against Vancouver to win, I think, game five against Vancouver in 93. And, okay. you know, Robitaille's behind the net, and he feeds the dishes the puck to Shuchuk off to the left side of the net, and, and Shuchuk buries it. But then it cuts to it does one of those things in highlights where, you know, you've seen the goal, but now it cuts back to the bench so you can see the guys on the bench reaction. Yeah. And and Gretzky does like two fake starts up off the bench, standing up like to start celebrating the goal before it happens. And then when you finally realize like, <laughs> oh, no, the goal is scored, he's already off the bench and on the ice. And I, I even tweeted like, I think he knew that was a goal before Robitaille maybe even passed the puck. Like. Yeah, he just I mean, he's he's ahead of his time. He yeah. knew the game better than anyone. Um, and it, it's very Jordan-esque in the sense of how you brought it, uh, uh, brought up the the ability to play the game, but to win the game instead of just playing hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky was definitely not the best hockey player. He was the best at playing hockey. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll put it that way. So the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, because this sort of surprised me. Um, my own reaction to this. Okay. There's been a lot of conversation about the NHL having a 24 team playoff and seven teams making the, the NHL draft lottery and, and all that. And I'm fine with all that. I don't have a really strong opinion either way. Like whatever they do, I, I get it. It's a weird year. It's a weird situation. Decisions have to be made. It's complicated. I'm not going to get into it, but I belong to this Facebook group <laughs> for people who work in sports media. I was re very recently added to it. And okay. I, I generally speaking, don't participate in the Facebook ecosystem because I've found that it's just <laughs> toxic. It's bad. It's not great. Um, and, uh, and some crazy fights can start even, even when you're not trying to start a fight or even when you do something like, for example, my uncle passed away this past week and I just, Push the share button on my cousin's obituary that she wrote for her dad because I just thought, oh, how nice. And all of a sudden, I'm getting messages from people saying like, oh, condolences, so sorry. And I'm like, no, no, not for me, for her. Um, <laughs> so even little things like that. So I just, I don't, not a huge Facebook man. But anyway, so I'm reading this thread that starts on Facebook. And it's just, and they're talking about whether or not they should pump crowd noise into sporting events where there's no fans. And my initial response is just, no, they shouldn't. I don't like it. I don't want it. But I'm reading this exchange between two adults in the similar profession, <laughs> if not the same profession I am, and they are saying some nasty things to each other because they disagree on this particular point. Yeah. And I found myself, I found like I could hear my uh, my uh, my heartbeat in my ears and I could feel like my face going red because I just wanted to scream at one of them because he was like telling them like, grow up, get over yourself, da da da. And I was like, okay, first of all, calm down. It's Facebook. And second of all, you are so wrong. Um, I hate this idea. And I'm surprised at how much I hate it. Yeah, it's 
I, I think I'm on your side of this. You know, I haven't thought too, too deeply about do we pump in noise or not. But at the end of the day, it's I don't see what advantage it is to anyone. The players aren't going to – they don't care because right. – <laughs> that like again, like let's be honest. I think people forget that when you're in the sixth row in the 300 level, and you're yelling at the player to shoot the puck on the power play, he doesn't hear you. <laughs> right. It's it's everyone's zoned out. Like, right. You know, you it's a profession. You have to be able to zone out the the extra mute. You know, the music and the ability to just focus on what your task is at hand. So I don't know. If it's just pleasing to the the ear in the whether you're watching the game on TV or the announcers need it, I don't know where the benefit comes. But at the end of the day, you know, we can't fake it. This is a this is the reality we're in, and I don't think that that provides something that we quote unquote need. I think that I think you may have just sort of hit on it, which is the notion of faking it, right? One of the things I love about sports is that it is, Real. and it's absolutely. It's practiced, but it's not rehearsed, right? Yeah, like that's every, a great way to put it, it. Like every game sort of looks the same, and yet every game yeah. is completely different. Yeah, you this know? isn't the WWE, right? Exactly. I don't know how many, <laughs> I don't know how many hundreds of games I've seen in my lifetime, but none of them went down the same. No, you can, you know, oh, here's a play. It was like this, or a goal like that, but. Right. How you got there, the the events that led up to it, uh, in what way it happened, nothing's ever going to be the same. You know, there's too many. You know, this isn't baseball. You can't just hit a, a you know a shortstop, hit it to the shortstop and turn a double play. You know, there's too many different outcomes in hockey, and the there it's unlimited in terms of what you can and can't do on the ice. And I think, you know, for the NHL to want to pump in fake noise uh, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense i've heard a couple of people argue that you know because we're so used to hearing a crowd react to a big moment that it would be too weird for us not to hear it and that just like a life just like a laugh track on Who's a sitcom us? the Who's fan the, the fan watching at home um, I, it doesn't matter. No, I mean, I, I'm the same. I mean, you know, when a team wins the Stanley, I can't remember who put it, who said this, but when the team wins the Stanley Cup on the road, it's not like the crowd is going crazy for it. <laughs> we all pretty seem, quiet. We pretty all quiet. Seem, yeah. uh, when the clock strikes zero. Yeah, and we seem to survive that just fine. Um, and then the <laughs> other argument I've heard is like, well, you know, you're going to be able to hear everything they say. The coaches, the players, you know, you're going to hear all these bad words. And my that's what we want. <laughs> well, my I mean, my attitude on that is, A, yes, I 100% want that. I can't tell you how many times my friends and I have had the conversation late at night of like, why don't, why can't you just pay 30 bucks a month and get the HBO version of the game where you hear everything? Like, <laughs> um, but then the flip side of it is, it's 2020. And however many people in the world just watched Michael Jordan and this 10 episode documentary where they were curse words and all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. And to the best of my knowledge, society didn't collapse. And, you know, I think (laughs) society is collapsing in other ways. Well, not not because, because, yeah, (laughs) not because of the explicit, not because Michael uh, Jordan called Isaiah Thomas a a bad word. Um, and I just felt like, look, I don't curse on this podcast, but anybody who knows me and anybody who spends any casual time with me knows that I tend to swear an awful lot. Um, I can second. Yeah, and I and I and I certainly don't enjoy 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of overuse of curse words. I can't remember what movie or TV show I was watching the other day, but it was almost too much. It was like, okay, every other word was the F word. And I was like, all right, this is just, this is just <laughs> silly. This isn't even fun. Um, but I just, everybody knows that athletes curse and everybody knows that athletes trash talk. And yeah, why, why do we have to be excluded from it? <laughs> yeah. I just, I just think for one <laughs> year or not even a year for one, let's just give it a test run. Let's I mean, just see how it goes. <laughs> up a bunch of things anyway, yeah. let's add that to the mix. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to get too crazy philosophical or political or whatever, but I just really don't understand why we still have these words that are like, Oh, you know, Oh, Ooh. Yeah, like Drew, Drew don't Doughty. go there. Yeah, like Drew Doughty. Because now, if it gets into you know racial epithets or you know misogyny or homophobia or whatever, like all right, that's totally different. But if Drew Doughty calls someone an a hole or tells them that they can't effing play hockey worth it, yeah. <laughs> worth an ass, like, <laughs> I, hey, he's probably right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I don't know. I, I want now. Obviously, Drew Doughty won't probably be playing because the Kings won't be part of this. Um, 2014 playoff uh if it happens but but i don't know what do you think about the 2014 playoff tournament i i like it you know the thing is is you can make an argument for i'd say those 24 teams that they are in quote-unquote playoff contention yeah um you know it's unfair to certain teams who have played two or three less games um without the ability to quote-unquote even things up uh, it, you know, there's a lot of different dimensions that you have to take into account, but when it comes to adding to 24, you know, why not? I, I think it's, a, a, you know, it's more hockey for us to watch. I don't think anyone's going to complain about that. On top of that, you know, it's a little March madness esque where, I mean, I hate to say it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say someone between 19 and 23 probably going to make it further <laughs> than you'd think. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where, Hey, let's add it it's it's great for the sport because i think it gives more exposure to more teams um it allows for more storylines you know i think there's you know a lot of positives that can come out of adding eight more teams to the playoffs in this year alone yeah and i mean i sort of glancing at the standings and i guess i'll have to decide i saw there were two different i mean none of this is set in stone but but they're saying any team that is above 500 makes the playoffs and and then there was another version where it was like okay it's not every team that's above 500 it's the top six seeds in each division and and the only difference between the two different formats is like vancouver versus anaheim or new york versus buffalo i can't remember i could have the details they're wrong but the point is it's basically all the same teams um, yeah and i just don't have a ton of sympathy if you're only getting into this playoff format because they expanded from 16 to 24 yeah, and, and you're the 25th team and you're like, Hey, but what about us? Like, no, yeah, I, I'm on board with that. That's a great point. I don't it's have a like, ton of sympathy for you. Yeah. If you're, if you're out of the bubble by yeah. a spot when they've already expanded, it's, it's, uh, it's like the people who complain in March madness when they didn't make right. the tournament as the 68th or 67th team. It's like, yeah. well, Clearly, there's a few other flaws here that you should have addressed earlier. Yeah, and the notion that like, oh, well, the Kings won it as the eighth seed in 2012, so anything can happen. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, calm just, down. Just because you cherry-picked the one time that, uh, yeah. you know, that a 16 seed beat a one seed or whatever it is in the NCAA tournament. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> What's your opinion on a 
on the draft in terms of timing? I get why the NHL thinks they need to do it. I agree. But I think they're wrong. I also agree. <laughs> and I heard a long debate about it today on uh, was Hockey Central or one of those shows, Leafs Launch or something. Um, I don't think anybody's going to pay. Like, I get the NFL draft did a, did a huge number, and they're worried that if they do, like, let's say they do a 2014 Stanley Cup playoffs and they award the Stanley Cup in August. And then they have to have two weeks in between that and the draft. And now the draft isn't happening until early September. And now you've got maybe baseball, maybe football, maybe basketball. You have all these things to compete against. Maybe the Masters is going to get played in the fall. And they were complaining like, well, the NHL draft is going to get swallowed up and no one's going to care about it. And I was like, nobody cares about it anyway. Yeah. When's the last? (laughs) It's not the highly touted draft that everyone's itching to see. It's on NBCSN and then it turns to NHL Network on day two. And like so, you, you and I will get up on Saturday of day two. Yeah, of the we'll NHL get up draft. and watch it because right. we need to and we want to. But right. <laughs> I don't, I don't foresee your average American slash you know no. fan of sports who may not be into hockey to say, oh, you know, oh, next week the NHL draft's going on because they don't know anything. No. Hockey fans will watch the draft because they like hockey. Yeah. I think the NFL is different because. A, it's giant compared to the NHL, hundred times over. But at the same time, you know that's all the major sports networks talk about. So you have right. to kind of know if you're intrigued in sports at all. And and the other part of another reason I don't particularly enjoy it is I understand. Look, believe me, I understand that sports is a business. I live in mortal fear of losing my job <laughs> as a result of this Absolutely. shutdown. Um, but. I I mean, this is a fine line that every person and every business and everything has to walk in the society that we live in where you have to decide what's your primary focus. Is it every decision made to maximize your profit as much as possible constantly every day, 24-7? And I just me personally, the answer to that has always been no, right? If- uh, yeah, I, I mean, I <laughs> no, you're right about that. It's, you know, you have to take into account a lot of different things. And I think being fair is always has to be at the top of the list when you're running a sports organization or a sports franchise or uh, the NHL as a whole. So um, by all means, I understand the reasoning that um, the NHL put out on potentially doing it, you know, early. Well, it's almost May. It's it's almost June anyway. So it could be upcoming. But at the same time, you know, we do think that there is going to be uh, at least a verdict sometime later this week is uh, at least what it's pointing towards. Yeah, very so true. it'll be interesting to see. But I think in timing wise, who cares if it's later? I think at that, you know, better get it right than have the Stanley Cup winner, you know, get a top five pick or whatever it may be. We know how the scenarios can go and how and what could go wrong. But at the same time, you know, you look at everything's getting pushed back. Might as well push you know, the draft back to the point where, you know, we have the ability to do it right, interview the players and, you know, maybe restrictions are loosened up and you can actually see people face to face later on down the year. The only compelling argument that I will pay attention to is that scouts contracts, right? The NHL fiscal year is July 1st to June 30th. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah. It really is because you have players and player contracts, which 
causes a lot of problems that they're going to have to figure out when it comes to the playoffs because we know that they're going to, if assuming that the season does go on uh, in terms of the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know that's not going to be in this year's quote unquote uh, salary. Right. Yeah. So trades can't happen. Scouts might get fired. And if, for example, if the Kings had a guy who scouted all the players they wanted to pick, and then he goes to a different team, you know, in the in the in the quote unquote off season. Yeah. Uh, or if they have the draft. So I mean, that's the only thing that I would sort of. But again, I just feel like all of those issues um, can be handled, and I just don't. I yeah, don't I'm like happy, but I don't I, like the draft anyway. I'm over the draft. Yeah, I know you are. Uh, it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me on your reasoning, but uh, that's for another podcast. I was going to say I'm happy to go into it again if you want. Oh no. <laughs> uh, now, but the last time you and I spoke, um, I told you I would watch Tiger King. Now we're um, I don't know yes. six weeks behind the the rush on this, so I apologize for backstepping a little bit here. But I watched it all. Uh, I mean, look, I watched it all, so it obviously held my attention. That's great. But um, maybe it's because I grew up around crazy people. (laughs) I'm just not that fascinated by crazy people. (laughs) Um, Or it's not that I'm not fascinated by them. It's that I all it makes my stomach hurt because all I can do is watch. Whether it's the person who had their arm ripped off by the tiger or yeah. or all of the um, concubines of that weird dude with the ponytail, Doc, whatever his name is. Doc Antel or yeah, the double yeah. yeah. Yeah, or yes, exactly. The w, like all of the people who had who gave their lives to what they Meth thought mouth. to what they thought was a good person with a good cause. And what you really have, from my perspective anyway, is a show about three or four weird cult leaders locked in a pissing contest for which weird cult could dominate the cult space of this one weird subset of society, which is big cat ownership, but they're still just cult leaders and they're still just ruining ruining people's lives. And so I just feel bad for the people whose lives got ruined. That's, I mean, I'm on board at that. I completely, (laughs) that's, uh, no one's going to sit here and say that this is, you know, an unbelievable story. I think the reason that it just captured everyone's attention was a, you can't make it up. If I gave you the script, no, you could not. And read it. You would say, you know, how, what drugs were you on when you wrote this? Um, (laughs) so I think that's what caught everyone's, uh, attention. And then at the same time, I mean, you look at the baby tigers and it's just adorable. But yep. you realize that it's much more than that. And obviously, I think that it raised a lot of awareness on some of the uh, the wrongs that society has going on with big cat ownership. But at the same time, I mean, it, it just happened to be perfect timing with everyone getting into quarantine like the day it opened. You know, it definitely you know? the timing of it was great. Um, I think another huge part of it was, like I said, just the weirdness. Oh, right? absolutely. And like I said, a, I just grew up gay guy marrying two straight guys. Yeah, uh, I I grew uh, up around weird people. Carol Baskin killed her husband. Maybe, <laughs> um, probably. But I mean, I just like I said, I grew up around weird people. When I tell people, like I won't say it the way I usually say it for effect on here because it's not respectful <laughs> to the people that I grew up around or with. But but I but I have a way of describing 
some of the people that I grew up around or grew up with that make people go like, wait, what? It's, that's not true. Like, you're kidding. And I'm like, no, it's, <laughs> it's true. And and one of the things you realize, I guess, in those situations is that people are just, no matter how, and you sort of saw this with the last dance thing, like, no matter how many times Dennis Rodman pierced his face or dyed his hair or wore a wedding dress, he's still just a person. Yeah. Like, the rest of the stuff is... It's background just, noise yeah, but we put it to the forefront yeah and so to me that was like that was tiger king it was like seven episodes of let's focus on the weirdness rather than the fact that like people are devoting their lives to these <laughs> liars and and, and <laughs> cult members and i i don't know it made my stomach hurt but as entertaining as heck i'll give it that um, that's all it was there for yeah i mean i'm watching just a ton more tv over the last week or two um i don't know what i mean you must be watching a ton yeah yeah, I mean, oh, for sure. I watched uh, Ozark, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You must see. Um, what else have I been watching? Started rewatching Rick and Morty from yeah. the first episode. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it's just out of boredom. And at the same time, it's like, you know, you do your work and then, well, you can't go anywhere. So you might as well just flip the TV on. And I live near the beach, but the beach has been closed and I can't get on it anyway because of the chair. Um, so you go down there, but there's only so much to do and you know you just get back into documentaries and you just go down the rabbit hole when you hit netflix and hulu and amazon prime or whatever it may be looks like you got a haircut though i did a much needed haircut yeah. oh it feels amazing you yeah. don't really realize it was probably the longest it had been in like eight years looks good <laughs> thank you i appreciate it <laughs> i do mine myself obviously not a lot of work to do but uh yeah i feel like the housekeeping on the the top of the head is pretty easy no god does that for me um it's the, <laughs> the old joke um i watched uh season one of what we do in the shadows on hulu okay and i highly recommend it, it, it what we do in the shadows yeah it's a it's a it's like the office or parks and rec where it's like a documentary style yeah yeah, yeah. but it's about vampires um Oh, I, I, I recognize this now. It was a movie three or four years ago, and the movie was hilarious. So when I saw it advertised as a TV show, I was like, eh, this is, <laughs> kind of, you know, like, I saw the movie. The movie was great. There's no way the show is as funny as the movie. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's good to know. I mean, there's always time to watch more, yeah. uh, especially right now, unfortunately. I mean, obviously, we all hope to get back into to work soon, but the reality of it is it. We have to be safe and... um I don't know. I hopefully you bought that Netflix stock a little while ago. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't. But I got <laughs> memberships with Disney, Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix, and I'm bumming HBO and Showtime off with somebody else. So I'm perfect. You're all set. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And like I said, what we do in the shadows is my recommend. If you want to toss one out there, now's your time. Um, dead to me. Great oh, show. Okay, I've heard that's good. It's uh, it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um forgetting her name but it's veronica corningstone from yeah, yeah it's christina Applegate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you christina Applegate. pretty good show i mean it, i didn't think i was gonna love it because it wasn't really my type but you get hooked by the end of the first episode and it's like it's the good thing about it is it's like 27 minutes an episode so it goes by quick that's funny that you call her veronica corningstone because to me of course she'll always be kelly bundy but that's just oh. That's why we started this podcast. A different time and place for everybody, right? Yep. Two different generations, (laughs) and that's what brought us together tonight. Yeah. Anyway, Jack, hopefully we'll have more to talk about uh, the next time we catch up. But um, keep your eyes peeled, Kings fans, because I think there's going to be a lot of decisions made in rapid succession as uh, obviously the Bundesliga is back, NASCAR is back, UFC is back. 
And uh, there's a golf I, match today. Yeah, that's right. That's or right. on Sunday. Um, it's slowly coming back. And I think, you know, it, like the NBA, the NHL is in a very tough situation compared to a lot of the other sports that you just mentioned, uh, solely because of the contract situation and the amount of players and people that would have to be in a certain area. So you have to look at the ability to have a city or cities host the amount of players and keep them safe. Uh, then you take into account the families. It's always going to be extremely complicated. Whoever is figuring these questions out is not getting paid enough because um, it's going to have a huge dent, um, or at least in a good way, uh, once things get started. So hopefully we can get it together. But yeah, I agree. I think quickly and soon we're probably going to be hearing some things about whether it be the draft or the schedule or the format or the future in terms of timing. Last question before we go. Does the if there is one, does the 2020 Stanley Cup champion have an asterisk next to it? Good question. I say no because in my mind, what was it? Twenty, the 2013 Blackhawks. They don't. That's not an asterisk in my mind. Is it in yours? Yeah. Why? Because they, they beat the Kings in the Western Conference okay, well, Finals. <laughs> uh, yes, but but, but no, okay. no, no. When we talk about exactly. the Blackhawks, we talk about them winning the Cup three times. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that seven game was that seven game series that year? No, yeah. against the Kings or the, or in the finals? Yeah, Kings. I think the Kings was five games. Oops. Yeah. Um, Lots sorry, of that was that, year. that was pre that was pre intern and work for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, right right then and there, it's like you don't look at that as oh, it had an effect. Like obviously, you know, elder teams were more benefited because of the length of the season. And that's actually a parallel that they talked about with the NBA and uh, Michael Jordan. If they could have gone for seven, um, you know, they would have had an advantage. But at the same time, you know, once you get to the playoffs and, you know, I think we all agree that 82 games is a solid number. I think we could limit that. But for money reasons, I don't think that'll happen anytime soon in terms of season length. But what, you know, as you brought that up, it's one of those things where, I don't think it will be a problem this year because once you narrow it down to, you know, the last eight teams or four teams, the conference finals, the best teams are going to be there. Yeah. I think we yeah. can all agree that the best teams, if, as long as it's not, you know, a one game series here and there. Well, and every year the Kings don't win the Stanley Cup is an asterisk as far as I'm concerned. So like we said, <laughs> keep your eyes and ears peeled. Kings fans, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>